Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Oh, man, you know what it is. The Longhorns owe a no-show on the big night. That's all right. They almost won it with Big D energy. We'll get into that. Speaking of Big D, the Cowboys, that Big D did not show up on the road. We'll get into that coming up. Talk about the disappointment among Cowboys fans. Uh, Hey, you're a Texans fan. You live in disappointment. So we'll get into that coming up a little bit later on, too. We'll also get into some of the other NFL news notes and nuggets from the weekend also we're going to get into the college football weekend a little bit later on in the six o'clock we got a ton of football to get into and not a lot of time to do it so let's not waste any more of it let's get right to it he was a second round pick for the montreal expos with a first round pick for the austin radio network he originally committed to the university of texas but decided to forego the 40 and chase his dream in the cheese pippin ain't easy but for this man it's a breeze he is mike hardball hards what's going on my man how you doing it is a uh, blue monday as yeah. my Man, Patrick, smooth blue Monday is what we're gonna go through. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm uh, mm-hmm. I'm perplexed. Yeah. Let's just say that after mm-hmm. this weekend, uh, as a Cowboy fan and a Texas Longhorn fan, there's a lot to unravel and a lot of missed opportunities. But hey, that is sports, right? That's what we do. We go through this and we try to figure it all out. But let me talk about my man across from me. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud car carrying member of DBU. Legendary Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that he still has that passion for film study. And guess what? <laughs> he broke it all down. He broke it down for us. But he's not a fan of white condiments, but he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rob Babels. I appreciate that intro as always. That's not a waste any time. Let's get to the real MVP. He's the idea now, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we do know that he's underpaid. It's my man, Patrick Davis. How you doing, brother? I could be doing better. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't, but <laughs> yeah, we're in another week. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we got sound from Sark, uh, courtesy of my man Patrick Davis. Thanks to him and his hard work. We got sound from Sark from the post game, but also from his Monday press conference. We'll get to that, but I think all of us got a lot to get off our chest. And, of course, mm-hmm. I know the Specs text line is going to be lit. Woo. Uh, yeah, so hit us up. You're the heartbeat of this thing. 512-337-3776. Uh, you can hit us up on the Specs text line. Uh, really looking forward to your participation on the show today as well all right gentlemen let's not waste any time let's just jump right into it the longhorns lose to the tcu horned frogs and it was um one of the worst performances Mm -hmm. in uh texas football history offensively so i guess we should just lay it out do you want to start the good news or the bad news because the defense was the only reason you were in that game hell they outscored the offense they only scored they only touchdown for texas came via the defense and a fumble recovery touchdown by jade baron so uh, we could get to that or we could get Talk about the offense. Where no, do you guys want to start? You want to good news, bad news? Let's, here, let's start with the defense because they deserve okay. their flowers. They deserve it. They okay. deserve their flowers. I agree today. with that. So yeah, I that? think we should definitely give them their props let's because we're going to spend a lot of time on that offense. Let's figure out what's going on with that. Uh, uh, to give the flowers to that defense. Okay. No, I'm with you on that. I mean, the defense was outstanding. I yes. mean, they were absolutely phenomenal. 14 total tackles for loss, five sacks. Yes. Uh, you talk about they allowed 3.8 yards per play, only 17 points. Uh, gentlemen, TCU came in averaging 500-plus yards of total <laughs> offense per yep. game and over seven yards per play. Uh, that D showed up. Like I said, yep. that, was, that was some big D energy yep. out there from that D, and uh, it was at every level. I mean, and I thought when Deshaun Jameson – 
when he was out for the game, I thought to myself, man, they're definitely going to pick on that young corner out there. Ended up being Terrence Brooks. Yep. Uh, and other than a miscommunication, which we'll talk about a little, little bit later on, uh, they were they were stout. Yeah. I mean, his defense, it was one of the best defensive performances uh, we've seen from Texas in the last few years. Definitely the best, in my opinion, under uh, Sark, considering the opponent um, the best under Sark so far. Yeah, and and we already see the the fingerprints on that defense. I know we talk a lot about Gary Patterson and what he does and what his uh, special assistant mm-hmm. to the head coach, but we saw his imprint on a game against Alabama earlier this year. We see the improvement, but we need to give a little love to PK as well. We need to give some love to PK because he is the defensive coordinator. He is the one that is calling the plays. And if you were watching the game on the, uh, at home, you got a chance to see him working with that defense a lot on the sideline. So I was impressed with the way they went about it. You talked about the numbers and how they had the 14 tackles for loss. Think about that. They had 14 tackles for loss in a ball game, along with five sacks. Mm-hmm. And we end up losing the game because of the inability to score on the offensive side. Now let's even put it in a more perspective. The lone touchdown that we had was a busted play in the backfield. Jade Barron, opportunistic as always. He's got a pick six this year. Mm-hmm. He's now he's got a fumble recovery to take it to the house, and he played a very good game. Yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, I'll give them a lot of props for the game plan. Texas blitz rate was pretty high. Mm-hmm. They had nearly a 32% blitz rate, but there was some early, I think there was some run blitzing going on too. For sure. Uh, Texas was trying to create half. They did a really good job of uh, basically setting the edge consistently and forcing them to run back into to the heart and the, really the strength of the Texas defense, which is those defensive tackles. Texas goes five deep there. Mm-hmm. So the game plan there was, is a great game plan. And Jade Barron, I mean, just suffocating oh my God. those wide receiver screens and their quick game, their kind of horizontal passing game. I mean, he was on them every time. I think there were like seven different uh, receptions <laughs> that he ended up allowing. Uh, sorry, eight. Uh, and that you allowed like one receiving yard. Yeah, <laughs> he was on them was as soon as the great pick, open yes. field tackling by Jade Barron. And you know what that goes to, Rod? Film study. That goes, goes to film, film study. study. Yeah, he's got great instincts too, though. Yeah. I, I've watched today, Baron. You're right. He got great film study. Yes. He was prepared. He knew when he saw it, uh, and not only that, he believed in it because yeah. he jumped it every time he saw it. I, I was a little surprised they didn't try to get yeah. a double move or a stock blocking both. They didn't have time. They didn't have time. Texas was on Max Duggan uh, immediately. Yeah, as soon as he you know, dropped back. One or two times he had time to throw, and he hurt Texas up one, and obviously on that busted coverage. But they were on him so quickly, there was no time to throw the f- football downfield. That's why they kept relying on that short game. Even on that busted coverage, they were there. He had to throw yeah. the ball up in the air before, yeah. they, before he no. even made his break. And Texas did a good job yeah. when they tried to. Now, there was one slant at the end of the game. They yeah. did allow them to get the double slant when they were in 12 personnel to seal the game. And for the most part, uh, they did a good job. Job on the in you know the in breaking routes on the slants stuff like that so I, I thought the defense was stellar it was right. spectacular oh no doubt and the about game it. plan was good and the execution was good and That's you know it. just as good it really was I mean, yep. they were on every level like I said you did have the the big long run by Kendra Miller and that was pretty much Diamante Tucker Dorsey I mean he basically didn't fit the gap in the right way or he was late trying to fit the gap they pulled their right guard. Um, and I think he thought that since they pulled the right guard, that the left side was going to be the play side where the guard was pulling to. Turns out it was not. Uh, it was kind of a zone, and they kicked out. 
It was a big hole right there. And, man, Kendrick Neal just pulled away. Yeah. It's a surprise to see him pull away from the Texas defense like that. Uh, it, it's uh, that play that we saw, Jace McClellan, the 81-yard touchdown run against Alabama. Same same, same. concept. Mm. Same concept, mm. same sideline, same yeah. matchup, the way they had the play <laughs> drawn up. It was perfect. It was perfect. Um with the way that they went about it. But, again, I mean, they were on the field for 37 minutes. Yeah. So they did, they, they did they their job. They did their job. They did their job. They, they, Complimentary the defense, football you, was not being played. Yeah. You hold the top five offense to just 17 points. And, by the way, you give your offense also seven more points because exactly. the defense scored. You did your job. And, I mean, Baron Sorrell was also spectacular. I mean, yes. he took early on in the game, he was wreaking havoc. Uh, and then taking, I think he was benefiting from some of the other havoc up front, too. But he ended up with 11 tackles, yep. three tackles for loss, uh, almost two sacks, one and a half sacks. And Jade Barron also 11 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss. Also the fumble recovery for a touchdown. Yep. I mean, that dude... He might end up being first team all big twelve this year. The way he's played, he yeah. should be. I mean, think about it. Earlier in the Got year, they had to move him over to to a boundary wide receiver. I mean, uh defensive back, and he went and played that. He said, Coach. Put me at the defensive back when Ryan Watts got hurt. You yeah. know why? Because I can play it, and I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not saying anybody's afraid, but I'm just saying he wanted to be out there and he wanted to do what he could to help his team win. Yeah. That's why he went over there and said that. You know, Demo had a good game. He was he flying to the football, yeah, he too. Was. He also had 11 tackles. So when you start thinking about that, we had 90 total tackles, and we had 15, 14 tackles for loss and five sacks. That was probably – you couldn't have mm-hmm. drawn that game plan up any better than that. Yeah. You talked about it earlier. They 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 averaged 41 points a game. This is a top five offense. Man. Yeah, this is a top five offense. And it's, yeah. they, the defense puts you in the right position every single time. But on the defensive side for TCU, they did the same thing. They, they played great defensively. They sold out for the run and said, Bijan, you are all-time great. We are not letting you beat us. Yeah. You know who we're going to let beat us? That freshman who seems to not be able to recognize the defenses and what we're presenting to them with the three high. I mean, we talked yeah. about it on the pregame this show. Is, this is not a new game plan, though. Not, I mean, this is the same thing that Oklahoma State did uh, later on. Agreed. Obviously, they stacked the box, and they just say, you know what, we're going to double X-Man. Stack the box, double X-Man, and then force Texas to beat you with somebody else. And then K-State, they did, they did that, but they didn't double X-Man. Right, so it's like why did they, they would have doubled X Men and probably started Will Howard. Right, we're gonna be talking about a different situation <laughs> yeah, with K State too, yeah. right? Because look at him this weekend. But I digress. <laughs> so they just this is now the blueprint though to beat Texas. So it's not there wasn't some spectacular innovation by Joe Gillespie. No, it's just it's we the stack plan. the box, sell out to stop the run. We and that's on rundowns. We uh, we double X Men on pass downs, and then yeah, we basically force and take away the deep shot. By the way, because Sarks. He's jonesing for it. We'll get mm-hmm. into that. He wants that deep shot really. I mean, that's part of, for him, that's his validation. And if he don't get that, he's just an insecure play caller, as you see. He kind of gets discombobulated and anxious. Um, and, they, and teams have learned, all right, let's take that away. And that's mostly take it X-Men away. And then you got mm-hmm. it. Then just let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. And that's the. Because Quentin Ewers can't beat you. He, oh. not, not right now. No. He's not, he's not developed at that. Yeah. And, and. And if he's not developed at that, what do you do as this play caller that everybody just believes is this great play caller? What are we doing scheming? What are we going to do to offset? What have we? I've been screaming 
for all year. Find a way to get Jordan Whittington involved into this offense. And you wait until the third quarter to try to get him involved? You wait until too late to get him involved? Those are the things that if, if, you, if you are in sync with your team and obviously you know something is off, something is not right with this team from the drop passes, the running the routes the wrong way, to throwing in a double and triple coverage again, Something's not being developed, so we have to change it, right? We got to simplify things. We talked about this at the very beginning of the year. Uh, be what do you say, Rock? Quick game, quick game, quick game. Find quick game. Quit looking for long game. <laughs> Quit being so stubborn. I understand we have not hit on that. I'm sure you got the percentages of how many deep passes have been thrown this year in the true actual connection of the deep passes. They're not there. Yeah, no, I, I, listen, I, uh, like I said, I, I made a lyric up about it because I thought it would it'd be so, it, it's something that you should go, just quick game, quick game, yeah. quick game. And they don't, he don't want to do that. Sark has already talked about it, we'll play the sound, but Sark's not, he's a big game hunter. He doesn't like small game, even if you give it to him. And defensive coordinators know this, so don't play the hand, play the man. Yeah. And the man is telling you, I'm taking my shots. Yep. Even with a quarterback that can't hit him and receivers who can't catch him and both who can't get on the same page. I'm taking my shots. So you know that as a yeah. defensive coordinator, makes your job easier. It makes you it know, so simple. You know he's taking them. Yep. So you can give him a lot of the underneath stuff because he won't take it. He literally he, and he, he's he's telling you. And we, <laughs> we when we got on Tom Harmon about arrogance and hubris. Yeah. Hey, he's telling you. My way. Yep. And and you know we can talk about the benching you know Quinn Ewers thing and if he should have benched him or not, he's not going to bench him. It's never going to happen. And he's telling you literally unless Quinn Ewers goes out there and has a passer rating that I can't legally date. If he's unless he's that bad, he's working on it. <laughs> unless he's, he's working unless on he's it. Unless he's that bad, yeah. and, and maybe he will. Maybe he'll go four four interceptions, three pick sixes, or something like that. He's not benching him, guys. Yeah. He's going to sacrifice. He's willing to sacrifice your wins. <laughs> yep. Program wins today. He's telling you for the greater good, and he, he he's in charge of the greater good. And he believes the greater good is Quinn's got to get these reps and he's got to go through these growing pains. And Sark could be right, but the truth is he is not desperate to get wins right now. And that if he is was desperate problem. to get wins right now, he's telling you right now. Number one, he's got job security. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna be around because I'm gonna be around to develop this guy. So I got job security. Number one, I'm not saying he don't, but he's telling you I got job security and. I'm not willing. I'm not willing to sacrifice future wins. It's like Minority Report. Future potential wins for a, for a win today, for a W today. Right. I won't do it. And then if it, it, I'll take that L, and I'll take it with Quinn because he believes that is be, is better for the overall good. I'm not saying he's right. I'm just telling you this is his mindset. I'm telling you psychoanalyzing him. And if you're upset with that as a fan. And some of you got the right to be upset with that because Vince Young wasn't too good to get benched. Neither was Chris Sims. Neither was Major Applewhite. Hey, best quarterbacks, you know, sometimes it happens. You have a bad game, the coach trying to win the game, and he'll bench you. Um, Sarkis going to do it a different way. He's a quarterback, and I think he's worried about the psyche of Quinn Ewers. So that conversation we can have, but I'm telling you right now, it is, to me, it's a moot point. He's not benching that guy, ever. Yeah. Like yeah. they, uh, I mean, because he's had opportunities. Yeah, the only way he's getting getting benched is, is for Arch Manning. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see, he, he's no. I, I, hey, you know, right. I've uh, been saying it for the whole time. And the thing about it is, and I'm glad you brought that up, Rob, because 
I've been saying this the entire time. It's not like he doesn't have an experienced quarterback behind him. He got it. Yeah. Sam Ellinger and Shane Bouchelle, Bouchelle. Were, they were they were sharing snaps. Yes, they were, man. Especially when you're young. When you're young. When you're young, like a young Vince Young. Exactly. A young, a young Chris Sims. It's yes, like you everybody has to go through it. And this is part of the maturation as well. Yeah. So everybody that wants to believe that you need to, he needs to go out there and go through the struggles. No, he don't. <laughs> no, he does not. What you need to be able to do is get a victory and deal with him later. Because everybody is spending money every single week for a product that is expected to give us a good showing. You had the nation. nation. The eyes of the nation was right there for you. Mm. And as a leader of men... Sometimes they have to listen to you afterwards as opposed to during the moment. I'm going to do what's best for you and the family as opposed to just worrying about you because all those guys that was on the defensive side Mm. was bringing it every single play. No doubt, man. There was no discussion about that defense. We've been very critical of what the defense was doing before. But look at what they did to one of the most explosive offensive in the nation. Yep. And you had a chance to win. I didn't say bench him for the entire year. I didn't say bench him for the entire game. What I said was you need a spark. And you know what the one thing that Quinn, I mean uh Hudson Carr does not provide that he does? Running the ball. There was plenty of times Quinn could have got out of the pocket and ran. That's not his game. And if you want to sit and deal with a true pocket passer, so be it. We understand that. But in a situation like this, all eyes, you had 25, 25 four- and five-star recruits that were sitting there watching this game. The defensive ones are like And the, the defense, defense was excited. <laughs> the defense Anthony Hill like, was over there like, I'm going to ball out with these guys. Man, PK, yeah. holla at your boy. <laughs> But the offensive side, they're like, mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No, and listen, we've talked about this with, okay, this is why I knew the game was over, honestly. When Sark, when his first opening script oh my got God. nothing, I, I, I literally said to my wife, I said, Texas is going to lose. Because by now we're relying on Sark's opening skill, skill, of, skill of adjustment and his, his ability to be a chess you know, kind of a, a I chess took the match. First half. I took the horns in the yeah. first half. So he, we know that he doesn't win the chess match within the game, and he relies mostly on a big lead early, a lot of that on his opening script. After he got nothing from that, I said, well, now we're relying on Sark just merely on his tactical skill as a, you know, a guy who can be an in-game adjuster. Right. And we know that's not his strong suit. He's not an in-game adjuster. He did make some adjustments, though, that it was just a little too late. It just took him too long yes. to make those adjustments. Yes. Just took, like you said, the Jay Witt thing, it took yes. him way too long. He made some adjustments. I'll get to those uh, X's and O's, but it just took him way too long. So maybe he is getting better. But the truth is, you know, uh, uh, the same stuff that we talked about, Sark, before before the season started, or at least that I wailed about, about the, before the season started, that he had to overcome to become an elite coach. The three high three three down defense yep. still ain't overcome it. Still has not. So I, I was it's right. kryptonite. Was, it is kryptonite. Yeah. Whether it's purple, blue, green, whatever, <laughs> it is kryptonite. He's uh he's yeah you know you're right about that. No question. He's averaging. I mean since he's he's been at Texas, he's averaging 34 points per game. Um, his offenses are, but versus the three high three down that drops to 25 points per game. Yeah. Um, 24 in true road games. He's actually averaging less points per game versus the three high three down at home. <laughs> 
It's crazy. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, um, so he's still having issues with that, and he has not really done a better job of anticipating the adjustments of his opponents and then being able to come up with counters. Uh, but I do like the counters he came up with in this game. Okay, so this is what Sark, this is the game plan. And you, you, you know this, Harge, because you're watching it, you could tell. He thought, and it was a miscalculation, by the way, which, you know, it happens to every coach. Sometimes you come up with a game plan. I remember games where Corbo Reese the entire week worked on a game plan, yep. and literally at midway through the first quarter, we got to look like, all right, guys, you know I screwed. We screwed that up. That is, <laughs> this is a terrible game plan. You know, that's what we do with that game plan. Gotta, all right, I need y'all to is, ball out. This is what we do with that game plan. We're going to throw that. that. That's where that game plan's going. Right. All right, so that's our bad. It was a dang coaching mistake, but now we got to go out there and win the game. All good. Let's go win the game. Yep. Got about three quarters to go do it whatever, uh, make the necessary adjustments. What do I need to do as a player? Tell me what to do. I'll go execute it. And, you know, you as a, you know, so that's, it's no sin, all right, as a coach, just have a bad game plan. It happens. Uh, the lack of adjustments are the, mm, I was just say the, the lack of urgency with adjustments with Sark. It just, it, it took too long in this game. So he thought he was going to play bully ball. That was what he thought. He came mm-hmm. out in the 6-0 line package early on. Came out in, um, you know, hell, ran some Wildcat early on. Even did the two like back really sets. Early on. Yeah, did a twenty-two personnel early yeah. on. He thought whatever he was, we watched. He said, "Man, I can push TCU around." He thought he could, but TCU, their plan was, "No, no, no we're stacking, we're stacking the box." Taking Bijan away at all, all, yep. all costs. That's it. We're taking him away. You want to beat us with somebody? We got we got corners that can play man to man on the outside. Not a lot of people can do that. All right, which Trevor, you know, Trevis Hodges, yep. Tomlinson did a good job. He Josh did a Newton. real good job. They can lock up on the outside. Yep. Allows our safeties to kind of roam and be mobile and you know move around a little bit and confuse quarterbacks. So we're gonna let that young quarterback beat us. That was their adjustment and. For Sark, it took him too long. What Sark came to was the wide receiver screen. You talk about Jay Witt. Yep. Found that late, and that's just spreading them out and deciding to have an extension of the run game. The, the run game, you're probably trying to play it in a phone booth, and they're not going to let you run it right there in two tackles. They had a couple of runs. They got it to the outside. The three high, three down is going to spill everything outside. Um, so Texas wasn't getting a lot of success running the ball inside. So they just took the running game to the outside. You know, just displaced the numbers advantage. That you don't, you're not going to have it inside because they're loading the box. All right, well, if you're loading the box, then that means we got the numbers advantage on the perimeter. Yeah. So you probably should have figured that out early. It's like, well, if they're loading the box, then the, the numbers advantage is out there. There's always a numbers advantage somewhere. Right. You've been talking <laughs> you about this since the very beginning of the year. Game. Yes. And he found that late. And then, because T, and then, you know, that was unfortunate because, hell, you could have put anybody in that role that Jay Witt was in. You could have put Bichon there. Yeah. And threw him and threw him the wide receiver screen. But, <laughs> well, the yeah, there's you a couple that, things you could have created you for went, Bichon. You could have went, yeah. went 21 personnel, spread them out, and then put Rojo in the backfield, Bichon right there on that. Because he was going also three by one. Another adjustment he made. Mm-hmm. Three by one. Unbalanced sets really stress uh, the three high three down look, and they're unable to keep their pre snap their pre snap shell disguise. Yep. They have to reveal it. That's what the unbalanced set. So he went a lot more three by one. He went they, he went with a lot more wide receiver screens. So displacing the numbers advantage on the perimeter, um, and then he went with a lot more twelve personnel. In in for some reason they only had like three or four plays of actual true twelve personnel. One back, two tight ends in the first half, and in the second half started playing more true twelve personnel because he realized I'm not gonna push them around. Yeah. With the six zero line package, and I'm not going to be able to run the ball on him with twenty two personnel. So he just went to more spread tactics, which were good. More RPOs. Some of those uh, Jay Witt wide receiver screens, I believe, were RPOs as well. So more RPOs, more um, more three by one sets, more uh, twelve personnel. The wide receiver screens are working really well. And the thing that worked the best 
<laughs> you guys know how much I love them, man. My my football pants were I got excited. Um, empty formation. Right. I took my pants off. I did. I was excited, man. He went empty <laughs> formation. Um, late. He did it a couple of times in the first half, but in the second half, he probably should have did it more. I think they had four snaps of empty formation. He was 4-4. Yep. With 4-4, that big, uh, uh, t- not touchdown, but it was an explosive pass play to uh, J.T. Sanders. Yep. They got him down to the goal line. That was out of empty. They came out early with a 13-yard reception by J.T. Sanders out of empty. That worked, too. I think it was like a seven route to him. Man, they had, they had a lot of success. I don't know why they didn't run it more out of empty. So he, the things that he figured wow, out. He you just, know why. Well, Because we don't like going back to some plays that we have success with. Well, that, no, that, that was one of the adjustments because he didn't have success during the first half. That's not a play the hits thing. That's just an adjustment he made. My thing was once you made the, you found the adjustment too late, but you should have done it more. Be, get excessive yes. with it. Be gratuitous with it. Yeah. Think, about, think about the way Oklahoma State beat Texas, right? And Spencer Sanders couldn't throw anything deep, couldn't throw anything outside the number. So what they do? They did running back swing passes. They did wide receiver screens and a slant route. That's slant all route. they threw. They, yes. did, they did three concepts. They beat you with running three concepts defensively on your defense, offensively. That's all they did. And for Texas, all you need is a few concepts. Concepts that are working, wide receiver screen was working. So run that, but help put put like I said, put Bijan there yeah. and run it with Bijan. Run it with Keelan Robinson because he could break one too. Yes. You know what I mean? You didn't target you didn't target Bijan once in a passing game. That could have been one of your passing tips. Think about empty formation. He was open on you one of them. Yeah, you could have targeted Bijan out of empty formation yeah. and ran him down the field. Remember, Bijan had that big play against Iowa State down the right middle. They have down the middle, down the scene, out of empty formation. Yeah. Right? Empty formation stresses three high three down because they 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 have to reveal the kid, their. Yeah. Re- Coverage responsibilities, they can't yep. sit back and pre-snap disguise. So that was working. The three by one sets are working. Running more twelve personnel was working. So you just you figured it out too late. And then once you figure out what's working, do it. Yep. Do it. Do it. Do, do it, it well. over and over again. Do man. it. Do it well. Yeah. yeah. What are you waiting? <laughs> what are you, hey, you running out of time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you only got a, a quarter and a half. Yep. You got if, if empty if empty sets working, you're like, man, we're killing them on empty. Hell, man, until they figure it out, let's just go. We right. got nothing to lose. Hell, we ain't giving Bijan the rock anyway. Let's give him the rock in an empty formation and run him on routes. Go. Uh, they can't. Oh, they can't. They can't. Uh, they can't defend the wide receiver screen. Let's go empty formation with the wide receiver screen. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Right. Like it's. It, you can run the ball out of empty too. By the way, they they are rushing a tilt of five yards out of empty formation in the first half. Well, you know, so you also can run the ball out of empty. You can just hand it off. You just run it with jet sweeps. It, 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 you gotta. If it you gotta figure out what's working. Your job as a coach is to solve the problem. You're a problem solver. That's it. You're gonna be. You, you, they're gonna hit you up with a ton of different problems, a ton of different conundrums that you have to figure out and solve. You got four quarters to do it, all right? And you figured some things out, but you figured it out too late. And yeah, why That's does it, it take so long? Because with all those ta- minds, with have, all those minds, it shouldn't have taken him that long. He's a problem solver, and the problem with Sark is, time and time again, he loses. He gets out coached in the second half. He loses the chess match within the game. He usually wins the battle of preparation and game planning. That did not happen in this matchup. And it's so frustrating because, <laughs> again, all eyes, the eyes of Texas were upon you. The eyes of the world were upon you. And you had an opportunity to deliver a knockout blow so people would take and look at Texas and say, okay, I see what everybody else is looking at. Yeah. But you know what they're seeing now? I see what I thought they were, and they're the same people. It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. And I try my best to make it make sense. And it is very hard for it to make sense to me right now. Yeah. I was, my, my dog was looking at me like, this dude is crazy. 
No, it's uh, it's frustrating. It's like I said, you can lose a game, it's fine. Um, and I, I will admit, it's a new way to lose for some. <laughs> <laughs> Just be and and, and listen, be the the three high three down defense. This is no joke. I, I was talking about this in the offseason a ton that he's got to figure it out as a coach because everybody in the Big Twelve runs it now. Yes. You're a fool if you don't just break it out against him, <laughs> against him and Quinn. This year, I went down to Kansas just working on it right now. Like, guys, we got to use this yep. against Texas. Yep. We don't usually use it, but we're going to break it out against them, man, because it works. Yes. And think about the worst offensive performances so far from Sark that we've seen at Texas. Arkansas, Iowa State probably, mm-hmm. and this one. What do they all have in common? They all major in the three high, three down. No. What they do. That's that is why they were the best, they some of the best in the country yes. when they were doing it, and <sighs> that helps them win the chess match within the game against him. Um, but also, it doesn't help that your freshman quarterback Quinn Ewers hasn't really seen that a lot. Mm. Didn't see that in high school. First time he's seen that is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the some of the struggles that you're used to are the same ones that get you in trouble because you don't adjust from yeah. the troubles that you are used to. Yeah, I mean it's it. it it's, yeah, it's it's a little frustrating, but uh, there you go. Logan Not still, a little, homie. <laughs> Not <yeah>. a little. <laughs> he still got shot at the Big 12 title, though. Uh, yeah. If K-State, basically, if Texas, they have to win out, of course, mm-hmm. uh, and they have to hope that K-State goes 1-1. One and one. If that happens, Texas, I believe, has the head-to-head tiebreaker, um, yep. and they win. Yep. Um, they win, but they go to the Big 12 title game. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll talk in NFL news, notes, and nuggets on the other side. I said if this happened last week, then they must fire this man. You know what? I still believe it. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll talk about it right here. I'm about to lie. What if we're not the horn? Smooth Soul Monday. Um, and this is why my man Patrick came up with Smooth Soul Monday. This is perfect days like this. Cowboys lose. Texans lose. Longhorns lose. Aggies lose. Uh, something to uh, soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who team took an L over the weekend. Uh, that's the Longhorns. And, yeah, a lot of talk about Steve Sarkeesian um, and uh, his, his sickness. Hard, what do you call it? It's a fetish. It's a fetish. It's a fetish. For the deep ball, man. For the deep ball. He loves it, man. I got to have he's it. He's jonesing for it. Yeah. He's, he's like missing a, he's it. Like, what's Dave Chappelle's character? Uh, the, uh, the, the crackhead? I know you're talking Ash, about. Uh, no, that's not what's actually Larry. It's uh, Tyrone, on, Biggins. It's Tyrone, Tyrone Biggins. Tyrone Biggins, yeah. That's Sark. Sark is Tyrone Biggins with the deep ball. Except the deep ball is what he's, he's jonesing yeah. for. He's like, I, I got, got to have it. Got to get that deep ball, baby. <laughs> I got to have that deep ball. <laughs> You got any get, more of them deep balls? Don't in there. double and triple team them. I don't care who my deep ball, baby. <laughs> like, okay, sir, you can have it. You can have you it. You can have it. I mean, you're gonna lose the game. Yeah. I don't care if I lose the game. Long as I get one of them deep balls, baby. It's, it's called progression. <laughs> it's called progression. That's what oh, he got. Oh man, he needs it. He needs it. No Ugh. question. Uh, okay. We'll get back to Steve Sarkeesian uh conversation. Okay, biggest surprise over the weekend in the NFL. Well, actually, that's a, that's, a, that's a couple of them. I don't know if the Minnesota Vikings are the biggest surprise. Well, because they're now 8-1. They're 8-1, so, yeah, they ain't a so surprise. that can't be a surprise. The way the game played out, I guess it's a surprise. Biggest surprise. That was yeah. a wild game. Two red zone, basically end zone interceptions by Josh Allen, right. both by Patrick Peterson. Yep. 
I'm like, man, find somebody else to throw to. Yeah, and he's then, running the routes better than your receivers. <laughs> uh, and then they have. Well, actually, Minnesota had a chance to yeah. score a touchdown late in the game to go up in the game late, be a game-winning score. Uh, but they, I believe, had a failed fourth-down conversion uh, deep, 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 like inside the f- inside the three-yard line, yeah. inside the two-yard line, yeah. I believe, something like that. Um, and then Buffalo gets the ball back on their own one, fumbled the damn fumbled ball. It, and they scored a touchdown. And then Minnesota scores a touchdown. <laughs> it's like, it's, what? Yeah, and I lost parlay because of them. But, uh, uh, yeah. but we need them for our picks. We needed them for our picks. Our picks we were struggling. I was the other way on that one. Uh. I was on the other way. But here's another surprise for me, and we'll get into this too. Think about this. The Dolphins are 7-3 and three right now after a 39-17 win. The Dolphins are 13-1 and one in the last 14 games that Tua has started hmm. and finished the game. Oh, give me that again. That's a good stat. 14-1. and one. I mean, thirteen and one in the last fourteen games that Tua has started and finished the game. That's good. That's unbelievable. That is. And then we also can talk about the fact that the way that the play calling by McDaniel's has changed the way people view Tua now, because he's not making him have to throw that long ball. He's getting the ball out of his hand to his playmaking wide receivers, bringing those safeties up, having those linebackers jump. And then he can hit them with the deep ball. They yeah. are catching. They are catching slants and taking well, them to and the they, house. And they also like intermediate crossing routes for them too. Love they got such speedy guys, so they go oh. some high low concepts. Which actually, Sark has high. He has high low concepts in his offense. Sorry, mm. everything keeps going back to Sark. But, well, I mean, that's uh, what we need to talk about. But yeah, you just. I mean, Texas really doesn't hit them as often. But anyway, digress. Uh, you're right though. Yep. Uh, they Mike McDaniel's done a phenomenal yeah, job. Un- and who would have thought that you would have had Tua have a better winning record than Herbert? Right, like if those if that draft class, everyone has been like, well, Tua probably will be a bust, and Herbert's going to be the star. And Herbert's played well, but he just can't quite get over that hump of winning all these games. Yeah. Nope, that nope. may be some coaching, but he can't get over it. And Tua has found it with Mike McCarthy. I mean, or, uh, with Mike McDaniel. Yeah. You're right about that. No, we're talking about McCarthy. Com- <laughs> <laughs> Freudian slip. Uh, no, it, it, he's, no, you're right about that, Patrick. And it's about compatibility. Right? Yeah. And it's yeah. so often we see quarterbacks who are in offenses that aren't compatible with their skill set found the perfect, or at least give Mike McDaniels credit because he is uh, making that offense, tailoring it to be uh, compatible with to a, to a skill set. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a great uh, stat there. All right, Patrick, I hate to get into it. Let's but do it. Patrick, how how the hell did the Raiders lose to the Colts? Well, I mean, I think we all know how they lost. When Josh did- McDaniels <laughs> is one of the worst coaches in NFL history. He lost to Jeff Saturday, first time pro. Are you in college culture? I think he was a high school coach at one point. Yeah, he was yeah. a high school coach at a at a prep school at a uh, wow. Christian school. Man. Josh McDaniel. Okay, I I, I said that <laughs> if he lost, and I, I was I was saying it in jest. Honestly, I was joking. If they they said they should fire Josh McDaniels if he lost to Jeff Saturday, I think he's going to get fired as a result of this. Mm. I, 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 I don't know. I I just don't know with that franchise if they're going to make a move until after the season. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know if it'll be now at like, literally on the tarmac side, yeah. but I think as a, this is this is the reason they'll look back and like, hey, we got to move on. We oh yeah. I mean, to. when you say, well, we're pot committed with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams and Darren Wallet, like we have too much money invested in these guys. Yep. We can't get rid of all of them, and clearly they don't work in his scheme because he's he's going to come back and go, oh, no, I need this and I need that. You're like, dude, no, no, no. We mm-hmm. were winning with Basachi last year. Right. So if he can do it, yes. why, why can't you? Uh, here's a stat. Uh, Jeff Saturday, 1-0 as a coach. 
Bill Belichick assistants who have gone on to be head coaches. Oh, no. Uh, 234, 336, and 1. It's about a 40% win percentage. Wow. And honestly, the best pro one, I think, may be Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Right? Yes, pretty much. I mean, he's probably most of those wins. <laughs> I, I, no, I think you're right. No, he is because he went to the playoffs the, every time yeah, that he was the coach. That's, that's, like your, that's your best coach? He's the best coach, and he was a disaster yeah. for the Texas. <laughs> he was a good coach, disaster in the front office. No, no, he was a good coach until they gave him too much right, responsibility. Because power corrupts, and yep. absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Yep. And they gave him way too much power. He was a really decent coach, and they made him the play caller and the head coach, and they made him the play, they made him the play caller. Head coach, and then the GM. Yeah, he was a capologist. I was like, "What the hell does he know about capology?" He's a capologist too. No, it was way too many hats, man. He was yeah. he was basically like, um, what's the character? Uh, Schmeagle and Gollum from Lord of the Rings, who was corrupted by the power of the ring. That was him. He went from Schmeagel to Gollum. I think that's the way it goes. My precious, <laughs> that was Bill O'Brien. <laughs> now he's disgusting. Uh, but yeah. no, no, no. But I, you're right about the the. I think it's Belichick coaches. My take has always been. It's Belichick, guys. He's so secretive. He's such a clandestine, like closed-off introvert as a coach. He's not sharing information with those guys well, well, like mm-hmm. a Bill Walsh would or an Andy Reid would or a Bill Parcells. Those guys were open books. They literally, hell, some of those guys wrote books. Yeah. Bill Walsh was a professor at one point. Bill Parcells did, you know, analyst work. He loved to hold court with the media and just talk to them and, and crack jokes. Bill Belichick, it's hard for you to give get anything but a one-word answer out of this guy. So that <laughs> actually goes into whether you're going to have a good coach or not because I need you to give me information. I need you to give me nuggets. I need you to sit down and just give me wisdom he don't do that well and yeah. he's giving you your he's like the cia you know what your job is and that's it you don't even know what, you never know what the big picture is with him no and i mean yeah. you also throw in the fact that without tom brady his record's not stellar either and i get there's a big that's bug true. off but you can go well yeah if you have tom brady most coaches can win some games it's fair and so i think bill belichick's still a really good coach and especially a great defensive mind but when you're hiring offensive coaches out of Bill Belichick's coaching tree, he's not an offensive guy. Right. No. Yeah, so, right. so there's a thing of, like, if you look at the offense this year, the whole thing was Josh McDaniels was running it. And they didn't know how it worked. And it was so convoluted what he was doing that it all fell apart because they couldn't figure out how to put it together without him. But and then he tries to go put this in really quickly at the Raiders. They have no idea what's happening. Yeah. And I think Devontae Adams said after the game that not everybody's bought in on game day. To what they're doing. Oh, that's not good. Which, when he, and he's saying it in a way of like, like 20% of people are bought into this. Right. Yeah. And right. I think, yeah, you've lost the locker room completely at this point. Yeah, man. Because you're not getting the balls to where, and like those games where you don't throw to Devontae Adams at all, and then you throw to him and you start to get play better, and then you just stop doing it again for some reason. We yeah. know how that feels. Longhorn fans know how that feels. Well, <laughs> and <it's, laughs> and you're like, if you're a good offensive coach, Jay you Wynn scheme Devontae Adams chat. open, right? Yes, you you scheme for yeah. Devontae Adams. And you don't just go, well, man, we got the highest paid decoy in the league. They're going to double cover him, so I guess we're double covering. Hunter Renfro, where are you at? Yeah. Like, that's not a winning method. <laughs> now yeah. he's on the IL. Yeah. Now he's on the IL. But there was a report that just came out, and thanks to our man CB, uh, Rod. Shout out. You're not going to be able to get your answer that you were thinking about. 
head coach Josh McDaniels has been given assurance by ownership that he will return as Ooh. the Raiders head coach, wow. according to the team source. Yeah, we've heard Brought that. to you by the Athletic. I yeah. would say we've heard that before. Yeah, though. Frank Reich was told he was secure two weeks ago. <laughs> right, right. It's I like, you know. Yeah, we heard that a lot. You know, there's a lot of that going on, but we know how that happens. So. Uh, but you're, man, that's good for him, though. I'm glad. Because I, I guarantee you, that's what everybody asked, right? After right. that, I was like, okay, right. you lost to Jeff Saturday. You, you're going to get fired, dude. And then he lost to Jeff Saturday. And then I was like, all right, so when is he going to get fired? Um, and he, he is safe. He's got. The, well, he's using Morley. the safe word right now. So um, we're yeah. going to see what happens at the end of this. But as you look across the NFL and, and you're looking at teams that are trying to make a move, we're at that point where things are starting to change. And I know we'll get into the Cowboys at the top of the hour. But every team in the NFC East or NFC seems to be heading in the right direction. Like this is probably going to be the most competitive I've seen the NFC in a very long time. And to go back to what you said about Justin Herbert, are we are we looking at him now? I don't know if it's the coaching, but he's almost like a Fugazi now. Like he's that guy that everybody looks at because he can throw the ball well, he but he's not manufacturing wins. And I know we can we can put a lot on uh the coach. But sometimes he has to be a playmaker, and it doesn't look like he's being the playmaker a lot of times. It's like he's he's a good quarterback, but we've been giving him so much love for so long, but he's that guy that's just stuck in neutral. He's not getting better. They have the and they have the highest uh, allocation of salary cap dollars to wide right. receivers too. Right, strangely enough. And I know Keenan Allen's been out. I know he's been it's out, but there's other players out there. That Palmer kid has played well last night, yeah. but he wasn't getting him the ball anymore. No, and you have Austin Eckler on that team yes. as well, who can receive and rush the ball. Yeah, I think that. And I mean, when you look at it, Brandon Staley's a defensive coach, right? Mm-hmm. He's a defense first Another coach. Another one. So if you have that, and you're a quarterback, and you're everything that he's supposed to be, in Herbert. At some point, you do need to take ownership of that offense and go, cool, cool I get what you're doing. I'm going to go win the game because I'll go take it over. And I get it's hard to do this clo- this when you're still on your rookie contract and when you're still in all those places. But, but that's if you want to win, you have to do that. And that's what the great quarterbacks have done. And that's MVP quarterbacks like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning. Those guys basically at a point in their career went, I don't know, I know this offense better than anyone. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to start taking over and I'm going to start, hey, man, let's in practice, let's start running these audibles because this is what I'm seeing. So I'm going to tell you what I'm seeing out there on the field, which is, hey, man, defenses know how to play us over here. Defenses know how to do this. We can't keep going on that play because yeah. Yeah. I'm on progression five when I'm getting a guy open because they know what we're doing. So we have to change it up. And you want to see that from Herbert. And I don't think we've seen it yet. But, again, that goes to a young guy who doesn't necessarily – who has young coaches – and you don't necessarily have a mentor and a veteran that can get in there and go, hey, man, you need to step up for yourself and you need to take control. You have guys that are trying to worry about their jobs and not necessarily yours. Speaking of that veteran, I saw this last this stat last night. Chase McDaniels. He popped. He had to come in because he got hit in the head. Yeah, I saw that. Chase McDaniels, 68 – this is his career. 68% completion rate, 1,694 yards, eight touchdowns, Seven interceptions, got a rating of uh, 85. This is his 13th year in the league, and he's only thrown for 1,600 yards. Hey, man. That dude is collecting checks every single year. 13 years, not getting hit. Ain't got his head scrambled. My man is doing well. Hey, shout out to Charles Menahue for getting a big uh, hit on the arm. 
the final of that game as well. Yeah, yep. he started that game. He started oh, he that game. Balling. He got hurt in it and came yeah, back, was, out. Uh, back in. Him, him and Hassan Ridgeway actually started the game yeah. for the 49ers. Uh, had so two it was good to see ones. him play well. And he yeah. got in there and got a big uh, got a big hit on the arm as the ball was coming nice. out, which was big at the end of the game. Uh, yeah. All right, we come back. We got to get into the flex on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104 Smooth Soul Monday right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. It's time for our Flex segment, flxatx.com. That's where you need to go, flxatx, on all of your social media platforms as well. Uh, man, we got the playoffs uh, happening right now here uh, in Central Texas. We're all over Texas uh, for high school football. Um, uh, also volleyball, right, in volleyball? Dealing with playoffs yep, as well? Yep, yeah, yep. so let me show some love there. So go check out flxatx.com. You can go get all the great content there. Uh, but your 6A playoff uh, results from Friday. Lake Travis pulled off the upset because I believe Round Rock was favored by the computers. Um, uh, but, yeah, 35 to 10. Harsh, you, did you yep, go to this spot? Yep, yep, yep. You did? So uh, yeah. yesterday I had dinner or had brunch. Happy Kendall? birthday to my Happy birthday to my grandmother and her twin oh. sister celebrating their 92nd birthday. Wow, today. happy B-Day. Yeah, so we were we had a celebration yesterday and uh got a chance to talk to Nico and he said what we what you have been saying the entire year. He said that was one of the most physical games that he had played because of that round rock defense. Hmm. Wow. Those linemen up front, yeah. they could get off the line. And that was probably the most physical game he had played in, in a while. It's a hell of a so, compliment. And it goes back to what we've been saying all yeah. year. And you were talking about the secondary. They were missing, obviously, Mason, Mason Cochran, Cochran had a bad back. Yeah. He couldn't throw. He was in the he run, just, but he, he just back throw. in the last game? Yeah. In that, uh, the previous game? Oh, man. And then their star wide receiver, Sterling, he was out. Oh. Um, so the defense had to play a lot on the field. And the ball control that Lake Travis played with, where, where, war, excuse me, on uh, Round Rock. So, Nico, yeah, yeah no yeah, doubt. 22, uh, 22, 75, and one touchdown is what he had. Yeah, uh, yep. and, and that, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a load for him, yep. too. And you, yep. you can tell, man, it was. I think it was a tight game early, but then Lake Travis pulled away, of course. Yeah. Uh, Van, and now they play, Cavaliers will play Cibolo still? Cibolo still at P Field. P Field. At the P Field. I like that. Yeah, buddy. Uh, all right, then you got Van de Griff was, uh, where they went over Bowie 28 to 14, and uh, Vipers are going to play Judson. Uh, Dripping Springs, 69 to a 14 win over Maynard. Mm-hmm. Tigers are going to play Brandeis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday, final Westlake, remember, 58 to 10 win over Cedar Ridge. The Chaps are going to play New Braunfels. 51 straight victories for Westlake. man. <laughs> something tells me they're going to keep on counting, too, man. Uh, Georgetown, 21 uh, 10 win over Canyon. The Eagles advance to play Magnolia West. Smithson Valley, 30 to 7 win over Cedar Park. Uh, LBJ, 69 to 0 win over Elgin. Jaguars play winner. Uh, uh, I'll give you that update later. Actually, yep. Rouse uh, forty-eight to fourteen went over Crockett. Uh, Raiders. The Raiders will play Lake Creek. Belton fifty-six uh, zero went over Northeast. Tigers play Brenham. Waco University 34-21 went over McCallum. Trojans will play uh, Fort Bend. Marshall Liberty Hill sixty-three seventeen went over Highlands. Panthers will play Mercedes. Um, and Alamo Heights sixty-four twenty-seven went over Tyvee. And the Mules will play Gregory Portland. Lockhart. Shout out to Lockhart. Lions. Yeah, they keep rolling. Right, sixty-two-seven win over Burbank, and they're going to play Flower Bluff, I believe. So uh, LBJ will take on Port Natchez Grove. Okay, there you go. This Friday. All right. Uh, 730. I don't know exactly where yet. 
Um, we can find that out here in just a second. But yeah. uh, that's who they will be taking on. And just go check out flxatx.com. They got all the details about all that stuff up there for you. Uh, all right, we'll give you some more uh, details tomorrow um, because we got some uh, really cool stuff coming up, and we're creeping closer and closer to our all-flex team, the unveiling of our all-flex football team. Uh, yeah, we're really proud of that, proud of all the hard work of the flex crew. Really, Absolutely. We, we're not doing all the hard work. They're doing the hard work, but we appreciate their efforts, man. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into uh, some Cowboys discussion. We'll talk uh, Cowboys letdown and disappointment losing on the road to the Green Bay Packers. Cowboys fans tried to warn me. They did. We did. Harsh. They, all y'all tried to warn me. I y'all, said it. Y'all, y'all was paranoid. <laughs> Every last Cowboys fan I know was paranoid, and now we know for good reason. <laughs> right here on Baltimore Live, 104.9 The Horn.